Hello and welcome back to Remember This, a podcast that is part book club, part TV and film vault and part time capsule as we take you back to all the childhood pop culture stuff you may or may not have consumed. Can you just do it normally? The reason I did that is because I realised halfway through I could just copy and paste one every single time. But I thought, no, each time I need to make it a little bit different. No, just, nope. do, it, just do it normally. How are you? You didn't say who you're joined by. You normally always do that. Tonight? No, you say my name is. Tonight, Matthew. Oh, Matt, I'm you were going to regret this so much in your editing. You're going to have a little strop about it and then it's no, all I'm you. Not. No, I'm not. I said that in the last episode and I I don't mind it. Tonight, I am joined by... No, you have to say your name. I'm Matt bentley Vine. Oh, oh, I'm getting this all wrong. Right. I'm getting this all wrong. Come on, you just need to say your name and I say my name. My name is Matt bentley Viney, and tonight I am joined by my co-host... Gemma Bentley Viney. How are you, Gemma? And welcome to the show. Oh, that was quite a good Terry Wogan. That was a hint of a Terry Wogan then. Was that going to be a Terry Wogan? Definitely what I was trying to do. I was trying to do Roy Walker. Uh, uh. Hello, Gemma, and welcome to the show. Oh, that was awful. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. We've got an extra co-host today. We do, but she's been very lazy. She's not even sat on the table. She's not contributing anything apart from our constant time an effort yeah, and we, love. Yeah, I, I do love ah, her a lot. We've adopted a dog. She's a little rescue dog. She's called Meg. We um, adopted her from the Wild at Heart Foundation. And she is from Lesbos. And she's settling in really nicely. She's, she's only been here two full days now. Yeah. And she is a bundle of, of joy. And I never thought I'd be one of those pet parents who shower pets with loads and loads of praise and photos on Instagram and stuff. But... I have very quickly transformed into one of them. Aww. She's amazing. So in honour of our new edition, we have decided to focus... One of the TV shows is based on her, isn't it? Not on her. There's a dog in it. One of the kind of standout childhood shows we watched, which featured a dog. And when we started this podcast, so many of our friends were like, are you going to talk about this show? Let's give them three seconds to try and guess what show it's it might be. It's definitely going to be in the title. Uh, yes, it will. But maybe they won't have seen that. And there's lots of different dog shows they, they might consider her. And also, I always forget that it is called... Do you want to say the name, Matt? Go on. Come outside. Because I always would just call it Pippin. And I think everyone else Same. is just like... Even one of the Google searches is just, what is the show about Pippin called? Why isn't it called Pippin? To Why be is honest, it called be honest. Come Outside? Because actually, when we dive into it later, there is a reason. Oh. And the other show we're going to talk about today is a recommendation from Simran R. So thank you very much for writing in. It is called, Gemma, would you like to introduce a show? Fingertips. Presented by? Stephen Mulhern and Fern Cotton. Yay! Who are very pubescent and very shouty for some reason. Yes, but I still love them both. But before we jump into those, we have a little bit of admin to do here at Remember This, hqproductions.com. We have an email. We have an email. Yeah, we do. We have an email. We have email. another email. Thank you so much for writing in. We really appreciate it. It was lovely. We were just doing our little homework for this episode. Thought I'd check the inbox and there it was. It's been there an hour. So thank you very much. It's from Bethany Lane. Gemma, would you like to read the email? Hi, Matt and Gemma. I actually love the podcast. It's oddly calming and the nostalgia... Am I saying that right? Nostalgia. Nostalgia. <laughs> I'll start again. Nostalgia. Hi, Matt and Gemma. I actually love the podcast. It's oddly calming and the nostalgia also adds to how tired no, I feel. just said it weird again. Nope. How do I say it's this? nostalgia. No, it's nostalgia. <laughs> Third time's a charm. Hi, Matt and Gemma. I actually love the podcast. It's oddly calming and the nostalgia also adds to how tired I feel after listening. There was this program me and my younger sister were obsessed with called Captain Mac. It's probably my favourite childhood show. I was about seven when it was on and could recite the theme tune 10 years later. In terms of shows when I was much younger... Rubber Dubbers was great. Peak theme song. Beth. P.S. Meg is the most adorable dog ever. Thank you so much, Bethany. And yes, Meg is the cutest dog ever. And we've added those shows to our list. I haven't heard of either of them. So I'm genuinely quite intrigued to watch them. I think I know Captain Mac. And also, I really like the name Bethany Lane. That sounds like a character <laughs> in a book, doesn't it? Like, and Bethany Lane. Or like a, in a Beatles a song or something. Bethany Lane. She played the game. 
and took the blame. Oh. Hey. oh a bit of improv going on here. Oh. This is the improv podcast. So thank you so much for your email. And if anyone else wants to email in, please email us at... Remember this? Question mark. As in the word question mark. At gmail.com. Yay. So guys, thank you so much for listening and just engaging with this podcast. It is just the two of us in our living room with a dog next to us. So it, it honestly, we love reading what you have to say about it. And if you could rate it on Apple Podcasts and leave a comment, you don't have to leave a comment. It would be nice if you did, but you don't have to. That really helps us out. And if you could just tell people you think might want to listen to this or, you know, it could be anything. That also really helps us out. So thanks again, and we will get on with the episode now. I'm going to stop rambling. So first up, do you want to talk about Come Outside? Take it away with your facts. Look up, look down, look all around. Come Outside was created by Elizabeth Bennett and Ronald Smedley. It was a British educational children's TV series that ran from the 23rd of September 1993 to the 18th of March 1997. It remains one of the BBC's most watched children's programmes and due to its popularity was repeated on CBeebies until late 2012. There were three series made and 40 episodes and primarily the series aims to encourage young children to learn about the world around them. The starting point for each programme is something with which children may already be familiar such as wood, paper Boots, spiders, buses, soap, and lampposts. Oh, God. <laughs> the two main characters are Auntie Mabel, played by Linda Barron, and her dog Pippin. There's a bit of a sad story of Pippin, though. Do you know about this? Is this because I always see a Twitter hoax is that he's died? He died low. She died as a girl, isn't it? She died many times. There's multiple Pippins. Pippin was initially played by a female dog called Pippin, and later by the dog's grandson, Mr. Higgins. <laughs> <laughs> What a brilliant name for a dog. Mr. Higgins died, I think, in 2008, by the way, when I was Googling Pippin's death. Got a question for you. Do you know the make of the small aeroplane that Auntie uh, Mabel drives? Yes, because I'm really, I'm into my aeroplanes. Do I know my types of aeroplane? Is it a propeller plane? It's a Slingsby T67 oh, Firefly. Do you know, uh, second question, yeah. what breed... Pippin was. No, but she looks like the Dulux one, but I was quite shocked when I rewatched it how small she is. Would you like to know the answer? Yes. But first, I do agree with you. She is smaller than I always used to think she was huge. <laughs> what she's, she's very cute. I, didn't th- I never thought she was huge when I was growing no, up. No, I used but to I think thought... she was massive. No. I... <laughs> you know, like a Great Dane, but like fluffy. <laughs> no, I just thought she was like medium sized, but she looked smaller than I thought. Pippin was a mixed breed dog, half Tibetan terrier, half bearded collie. Oh, cute. But this is where, if you're really into your Pippin news, you're going to love this bit. She is roughly third generation descended from the famous American acting dog, Benji. Oh, (laughs) that's a shame. Nepotism, even in the pet industry. That is a shame. (laughs) But she was owned and trained by the award-winning animal trainer, Anne Head. Do you think we can train Meg to do what Pippin does? Could you imagine? Well, we need to get a plane first. I don't think Greta would love that. But when um, we were going through the YouTube episodes, it is really strange how it is that episodes are literally just called crisps, <laughs> toilet paper. It is, just, it is just very odd. Very to the point. It's yeah. very direct. Today we're going to learn about lampposts. But I would like to firstly interject with a special episode that they did called Marmalade. Did you know about this? I don't know. Tell me about it and I'll find out. Auntie Mabel flies to Seville to visit an orange grove. Oh, she just <laughs> she just wanted to treat herself, didn't she? The crew just thought, let's, you know what? Well, let's go to Seville. The crew got to treat themselves because they went there for the day when the oranges were ripe. But because of Linda Barron's filming schedule, she didn't go. So they used a green screen to make it look like she went. Oh, that is really frustrating. Poor Linda. <laughs> But what did you think of Come Outside and did you used to watch it? Did you have fond memories of it? I personally, it's a bit of a staple of my childhood. I, I really do remember it. The song's lovely. It's like, it's in your head, isn't it? Um, yeah, it was definitely a staple for me too. I remember watching it lots and lots and lots growing up and always really enjoying it. Yeah, I just remember all the aspects of it. I remember Auntie Mabel. I remember the plane. I remember I the remember dog. I remember her name. Did you remember her name? Uh, I mean, probably not, but... 
Auntie Mabel, and I just knew her as why is she why do you have to call her Auntie as well? That's such an old fashioned, <laughs> just you know, is it trying to make us warm to her? Like, oh, it's your Auntie Mabel. And uh, I have a really, really, really vivid memory of a specific episode I watched growing up. Was it buses? It was not. It was not the one about buses. It was. That's what we watched today. <laughs> I can't even think about what it must have been called. Maybe it might have just been called fire. I mean, say what you see. To be fair, fire or fire engine. Fire would have been in it, and it's honestly like really traumatic. So Auntie Mabel is like doing something in her house, and she sets fire to something, and she like falls over and like knocks uh, her head or something. What? This is all is from this memory. The last episode. Is this how they wrapped it all up? No, this is all from memory. So I might. Oh, so it's not true. No. <laughs> So it's all made up. <laughs> no, um, my childhood brain probably would have exaggerated it over time. Did the kettle just go off and like, <laughs> or did the toast stay in the toast a little bit too long? Oh, it's a bit bad. Could have been toast actually. So basically there was a fire. She like knocks herself over and she can't get up. So she goes, Pippin, go get the fire engine. Oh my, they need to stop putting these dogs and things under so much pressure, like bloody broom all over again. So, and then Pippin, or maybe she doesn't shout at him and Pippin just sees she needs this so it shows Pippin running out of the house (laughs) and like running over to the firemen like alerting these firemen and they're like right yes we must listen to this dog and they're like follow Pippin type it in Let's see if it's well, the you, thing. Ca- you carry on telling the story of this episode and I'll type it in. Well, it's ending up. So Pippin obviously leads them to the house. They put out the flames and Auntie Mabel and everyone's like, oh, what a good dog. But I have such a vivid memory of watching that. Of course I do. That sounds really distressing. That sounds like an episode of EastEnders. <laughs> can, can I tell you some of these funny episode names? Yeah, okay, go on. Hedgehogs. <laughs> <laughs> a windy day. Rubbish. <laughs> Holes in the ground. What? Is there a fire one? Oh, so just so everyone knows, the episode we watched was in series two. It was called Buses, episode 15. Dandelions? No, Gem, there's none here where Pippin... Oh, no, hang on. Is it like called 999? There isn't one there, I promise. (gasps) It's called... Yeah, it is one. It's Useful Holes. What? No... A mouse lives in a hole in Auntie Mabel's kitchen wall. She and Pippin fly in spotty plane to a wood to look for holes that are home to different animals. They find holes in tree trunks and the ground which might be occupied by squirrels, woodpeckers and badgers. Auntie Mabel remembers a day when a hole in the back door saved her life. Oh my god! Oh my god! It's actually true! She had it This is so stupid. How does it go from the being in a wood looking for You can holes? see why I remember it. I was thinking, what a lovely episode meeting squirrels. And then it gets really dark. She had installed a dog flap for Pippin. One day she became trapped in her larder and her chip pan caught fire. Pippin got out from the dog flap and ran to fetch the fire brigade. The firemen arrived just in time to put out the fire and save Auntie Mabel. <laughs> And it says, with thanks to London Fire Brigade. <laughs> I told you. Of course, they're not going to call it fire. You know, that didn't end up a mum's net, that. I can't believe that's actually a thing. When I was reading the first half of it, I was like, no, this is going nowhere. Absolutely not. But I was right. Useful holes. My tiny little mind is blown. So as Matt said, we watched an episode called Buses. And it's all about buses. Well, actually, it was very funny because we were saying how the show had dated because obviously it's not not great to be flying a plane around everywhere. And all she needs to do is take some books back to the library. Yeah, it is a bit. And she's like, right, I'll get in the plane. Come on, Pippin. And I was like, Jesus Christ, you're flying a plane to to just take some books back to the library. It is funny because it is all meant to be such a normal show. Um, What's the name of the town she lives in again? Ricelip. So it's all meant to be, she's so normal. She has a normal, cute little cottage. Oh, she's got library books to take back. And that's a very normal activity and a job, like task for someone to do. But she also has this like plane in her back garden. <laughs> and it's just a bit like, and then she's like, oh yes, we'll get in the plane. Also, she lives in London, so. But why does she need the she plane? She can walk to one. I know, but it was ran out of fuel. So she's like, oh, we'll have to get the bus instead. Why didn't you get the bus in the first place? Why doesn't she have a car? Why is it plain or nothing? Well, I can't drive. Maybe I'll just learn how to fly a plane instead. Yeah, could you imagine if she has a, a pilot's license but can't drive a car? There's just so many things I'm scratching my head about because for kids, it makes it stand out, doesn't it? You, everyone knows 
the song with the plane yeah it's and a the dotty dog. plane it's it's a it's a motif isn't it pretty sure when my my friend annie like knew someone who made the plane or something it's a fact she told me like when i first met her where is the plane it can you go is it like brum and you can go and visit the plane because i'd quite like that i don't know it'd be quite nice if it was real when you know well, it is real still knocking about oh and we should say the woman that plays very much in keeping with most kids tv shows where like the actor sings the theme tune and and also sings songs in the episode as well mm-hmm. in this episode she sang a song about the bus so the actress is called Linda Barron and she's mainly known for Open All Hours. She's also been in EastEnders. She was also in the kids TV show Big Kids, which we'll be watching in the next few episodes as well. She was also in a Woody Allen film. No. What was she in? I think it was, it was an old Sharp. one. It was uh, 96, I think, 1996. <gasps> That's pretty cool. But yeah, I mean, Greta Thunberg would not like this TV show. It is just a bit like, it's not really shown great it, for the environment, isn't it? It's you, very you're over the t- top. You're going to teach kids about rubbish and useful holes but you're going to be like well you know what the best way to get around is planes yeah because i wonder how many kids after that wanted to fly planes and things like that as well i wonder if they had merchandise of little planes i bet they did oh they must have done it made me want a dog more than a plane though we have a dog well yeah she's over there there. she's She's over there now she's asleep also we haven't mentioned the theme tune it's very gentle and i feel like that is the style of the whole tv episode actually and all of the show is it is quite a gentle apart from that episode of useful holes which traumatized me a little bit as a child it is overall a very gentle show no you're right and there's a nice welcoming hug as you start watching it it's like the the episode's already started you know some on netflix like skip intro you would never skip this intro it's lovely it is a bit though the other concept of the show obviously is meant to be educational again similar to tots tv where they're like we're going to teach children about sand it feel like the things they teach children are just really random it's very sensory though isn't it like even this like lots of bright colors like the red buses and i didn't realize there were so many buses i didn't recognize any of them no, I mean, it shows how far we've moved in 20 odd years. I mean, now you could almost still watch it as an educational show now. It is like, what was it like in the olden days? Well, it was 40p to go on the bus. And you had to use money. And the buses looked really... I'd never seen a bus like that. Pippin's lovely. Yeah, Pippin is lovely. I just want to cement that in everyone's mind. I do find Pippin it is a lovely, lovely a dog. A bit strange how they clearly use a dog to teach children things so it's basically instead of it being for instance in tots tv they're kind of meant to be like puppet children we think and it's them learning this time it is a dog learning and i feel like i don't know it's that a bit insulting to kids is it a dog learning what because auntie mabel is saying to pippin oh look at this it is a bit like oh pippin we need fuel to go oh and then like the bus driver put fuel in his bus at one point and he sort of said to pippin someone's putting fuel in the bus it needs that to go. <laughs> and it's a bit like, why are you telling Pippin this? Like, you, you know. No, but we talk to Meg quite a lot in the third I person. Don't think so maybe can't... maybe we should start telling her facts about the world. Like, oh, did you know to make a good cup of tea, you put the milk in first and, and then, then you dip the, the tea way bag you in. Do it. And then you put cold water in. No, you don't ever <laughs> make tea that way. That made I me think hurt. I'd give Gemma a stress headache just by saying that. That really upset me. I genuinely feel quite offended and stressed out by that tea-making comment. So where were we? They go down to... Because basically, Auntie Mabel is getting very stressed. That she so, can't get these library books back. Like, oh, Lord, what's going to happen? You do get a fine. Return- do you not remember that time that I got really stressed out because I read an article about how these things can affect you getting a mortgage? And I thought the fact that I um, had a library book fine, I wouldn't get a mortgage. Do you know how much money it costs to fly a plane in fuel alone? Why is she getting... The, what? Just buy the book. This is what I'm saying. She gets fined a pound a day and probably not even that back then. It's no, probably like 10 nice woman. She might be thinking, people will... This was such a lovely book. Someone else will want to read this book and I'm preventing them. It would cost a thousands of pounds. I just to take it down there it makes me like where Auntie would she Mabel. land where's she gonna land but that's what really rich people do though isn't it they have a plane but also really want a discount code so no but not, I'm, uh, not in the uk i know what i'm talking about auntie auntie mabel doesn't know where would she land what would she do she's obviously got it sorted can land in battersea what a plane yeah you can oh what in the park no it's near the crown plaza hotel 
opposite. What, a runway? No, you just need like a helipad landing, don't you? Well, not for an airplane. But it's not a proper airplane, is well, it? It is a proper it, airplane. You put two people in it. Yeah, but it's still an airplane that needs a runway. You can't just hover it down. Oh my God, can you it, not? No, <laughs> of course you. Do you think you can land like private jets Wait, so on heli- helipads? Wait, helicopters don't... Oh. No, helicopters go on the helipads, but you can't land a plane on one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, she's an idiot. Yeah, thank you. That's what I'm saying. It's really impractical of them. It's it's so impractical. So impractical. But let's talk about what happened in the episode. Well, yeah, because we're getting to the exciting bit now, aren't we? Because I said to you, when we're watching, like, not a lot of story here. She was pottering along on the bus. I like the bit where it just all of a sudden plane hasn't got any fuel so she's like right we must take the bus so they go to the bus stop and then it just shows loads of different photos of it's almost like watching like a um really bad like powerpoint presentation where like one like picture of a bus swoops in and then another one like swoops in and you've got these four pictures of different buses and then she sings a little like rhyme about buses she does a lot of rhyming which i think is really cute yeah so she does lots of rhyming it's all very cute but it all just sometimes feel a little bit disjointed where it kind of cuts about a bit. Oh, is it, they're, they're trying to be... This is the edgy part of the episode. Well, I just it's sort of like, think... Ooh, cars, I, don't, I vehicles. don't know. I think if you're going to do an episode about bus, you do a whole tale on how you need to get a bus. This is the bus stop. This is what a bus stop looks like. Ooh, now we're getting on the bus. Where shall we sit? She was definitely sat in a disabled seat, you know. Yeah, she was. She's not disabled. She no, Pippin was. Pippin was, yeah. Pippin was sat in a disabled seat. And I was like, well, that's not very good. So the, if I was going to do a kids TV show where it's about buses, it would be... I would do about the story. Stories you see on the bus, like it'd be an, a, an interesting yeah, stranger. Want, but you meant to teach a child. Oh, yeah. So true. I would be like, I would teach them, oh, we're going to get a bus. Here's what we need to do. We need to queue here. And then it shows everyone hit queuing etiquette. Yeah, but it should just be a how-to video. And then, no, but you, well, that's technically what she was doing. But it was just, A little bit. She actually showed you how not to take a bus because she made lots of mistakes with it. <laughs> yeah, she did. But she gets off, goes to the library, and then she realises... What does she realise, Jim? She left Pippin on the bus. Can I just say, as a dog owner of three days... How dare she? How very dare she leave Pippin, the most wonderful dog who's so clever, third descendant of that famous American dog, and she's left it on the bus. That's Outrageous. horrible. Poor Pippin. And she was getting a bit annoyed because she was like shouting from like, Pippin, where are you? And she's like, <laughs> oh, left him on the bus. Yeah, also- but it acts as if it's an old dearie. Better go home. I'd be terrified if I left Meg on the bus. So she went home. Also, library books forgotten about. I thought she left the library books on there as well because she didn't have them in a bag. She had them in a pile. And then she was looking for Pippin outside the library. She didn't have a pile of books anymore. Well, yeah, because she took them back. Well, she wouldn't have realised after going in there, surely. No, she did. That's the whole point. I know. Oh, so she's, she'd been out of them in ages. Because she came out and said, oh, just in time. Isn't that right, Pippin? And then she realised. Oh, that's just stupid. But I'd have liked, if the main concept of the show, in my opinion, was I need to take back library books. Why wasn't it about the library? She went to the library, she checked the books, showing you how a library works. I love libraries. I'd have enjoyed that. They could have done it where it could be going to the library and then they read a book on buses and then you dive into the book. Yes, it's buses and libraries. Exactly. Come on, guys, sort it out. So then there's a lovely man with incredible bouffant hair driving the bus and he basically takes Pippin back, says, right, come on, let's get you home. He's really good with him. He sort of says, oh, what's your name? I hope you've got a name tag on. Oh, hello, Pippin, and I hope you have a mobile number. Oh, yes, not mobile number. I don't think they had mobile oh, back no, then. Oh, no, a telephone number. I hope you have a telephone number. She does. She didn't answer because her immediate response was, I'll get in the plane and look for him. Oh, Oh, that annoyed me so much. She said, right, I need to find Pippin. Let me get in my plane. Because you'll be able to see really well from a plane when you're at 30,000 feet. I was quite happy because in the sense that I did want to see her get in the plane. I was like, oh yeah. no, is this, have we chosen the one episode where she doesn't get in the plane because she's ran out of fuel? Yeah, to be fair, we both did say that. Like, oh no, she needs to go in the plane. She was landing her plane back home and then she heard the telephone ring, which is amazing because she's in a plane in a field behind her house. Her neighbours must hate her with oh, the sound God. of her phone. Because it does seem as if she's living quite rurally. She's not looks like bungalows. There's loads of bungalows next to her. There's there's loads of bungalows in the background where her plane is because I was just going to say how she's only polluting herself but she's actually polluting all her neighbours as well yeah I know how loud that would be 
Could you imagine trying to buy like the bungalow I'd hate next? Auntie Mabel. Well, if you were buying a bungalow next to her, the estate agent's got a hell of a job on I, their hand. I bet they? they'd be selling for cheap. Yeah, yeah. What's the problem? Well, we got this neighbour. She nearly burns down the house with the chip pan, and she flies everywhere all the time, even to return library books. But she does have a nice dog called Pippin. Ah, oh, it gets even more annoying now. So he calls her, and he's like, "Oh, I've got Pippin," and she was like, "Oh." great and he's like well i can put him on the next bus her on the next bus sorry did i say him or him yeah you said him (gasps) um i can put her on the next bus for you oh great i'll be at the bus stop waiting (gasps) what a relief why didn't you go pick him up you got a plane (laughs) no we need to stop her flying the plane don't you want to go pick you've you've left her and now you're like not even bothered about going to get her back you're like yeah you bring her to me (laughs) also on the bus just on a normal route. So, yep, we're doing that route today. We'll come back. Anyone could have taken Pippin. Did they charge her for her journeys? How did that work? A lot of questions. But what I would say is that it's a lovely watch. It's very... It flew by. Hey, eh? Well done. Hey, eh? But it's very cute. I really quite enjoyed how relaxing it was. It's a, a warm mug of soup is the way I kind of consumed it. I'd say it's very nice. It's very relaxing. I feel like if you were maybe quite an anxious child, it's a very kind of nice show to watch in the sense that it's very kind of soft. And I feel like with a lot of other kids TV shows, which it's a very like sharp contrast to what we watch next, Fingertips, where it's all like bright colors, loud noises. Yeah. This one is a lot more softer, kind of got your old Aunt Mabel. And she kind of does little rhymes, little songs. Oh, they also sing Wheels on the Bus. Oh, yeah. She's saying Wheels on the Bus. Yeah. Why not? Let's do it. And you've got a little dog, apart from like the dotty plane, which is the one element. But I mean, it's a motif for that. Everyone it, it knows dates it for it, that. It doesn't it? It does date it. It does date opinion. it. The whole show is dated you could use it as an educational for the olden days now honestly but i think it's lovely how inquisitive it is about very mundane things to be honest it makes the ordinary extraordinary i think that's probably why you sort of kept saying how it's very kind of warming and very cozy is because it is you know she's got a love oh she's got such a cute little cottagey bungalow it's really cute and she's all very like potter around even in that they'll show being like oh i'm gonna have it now and then i had my afternoon nap you know, it's very much like that. And it is very warming and comforting. It's old fashioned. I feel like it's very mm. quintessentially British as well. It's very wholesome. Very yeah. wholesome. I do feel like it is very, very British. It's all set in London. And also what I really like about it is it's set in um, kind of outskirts of London. I feel like people normally associate London with kind of high rise buildings, yeah, really busyness. And... So it's actually nice to show actually quite a rural. A gentler side. Yeah, a rural kind of london where people live there with their dogs like we do if you ever had children or were looking after children would you ever show them this i would i feel like they wouldn't learn anything from it because it's so dated but i might be like this is what it looked like when i was a little girl because i find that stuff really fascinating i was once doing a job where i had to find archived footage of like london in the 20s and i wish they had these type of tv shows where you could just watch back and be like oh wow look at how it's all changed yeah exactly and also like it's changed the sense that now it's not cool or funny to just drive a plane around (laughs) to the library was it how you remembered it no i thought it was stories i don't remember being educated but yeah i don't remember being as um kind of kiddish in a way actually you would never think that when you're watching it this is aimed at children because you are a child Mm. whereas you know and you always kind of think you're older i think especially when you're younger you often think you're older than you are and um, i don't remember being as educational and i don't remember it being like about crisps (laughs) i always kind of just thought it was funny little stories about Pippin saving the day I thought it was like Brum but Mm. Pippin well he did save the day with the firefighters he did was it how you remembered would you watch it if we had children I think I would yeah I do think uh, I would actually and I think when I'm next really hungover, I'm gonna stick it on and binge it like you do with Pokemon and the tales of beatrix potter oh come on how many times we watched that on our cell it's lovely well i think this is quite nice i put it in the same bracket I, I could watch the music and everything almost if you had insomnia or were struggling to sleep i think that'd be quite a nice one to kind of yeah, watch at night but not the one about useful holes no not the one where you're looking at lovely badges and stuff and then suddenly your house is on fire and your dog has to save you <laughs> stop running around Wear yourself out. Gemma, would you like to introduce our next show, Fingertips? 
So Fingertips is a British children's TV series produced by RDF Media's Children's Production Division, The Foundation. It was made primarily for CITV and was broadcast from 3rd of September 2001 to 14th of December 2008. But they had these two little-known presenters. They didn't really amount to much, did they? Who were they again? I'm Stephen. I'm Fern. And let's check out what's coming up on today's show. The first few series were presented by someone you may know, Fern Cotton, that you might have heard of her, and also Stephen Mulhern. He actually came across really well in this. Yeah, he was like a very hyper version of himself. He was very good at his job. But I thought he was flawless. He really was. So Fingertips is a um, TV show where it's kind of similar to Art Attack and Smart, where you just make things. It's a, what would what is the terminology for that <laughs> well, show? It's like, it's like a do-it-yourself, isn't it? It's like a DIY entertainment show. Crafts. Crafts. Yeah, you're right. Not Crafts. I know it's a dog episode, but not Crafts. Crafts. TV show. I remember watching it when I was younger. I completely forgot it existed until we had that email. I never watched it ever. This Did is you the not? First, this is the first time I honestly watched it. I used to watch it quite a lot. I used to love these programs. I used to love Smart and Art Attack as well. I watched Art Attack. I think that's why maybe. And Smart. I watched both. See, I watched this one as well. I kind of free. You can't watch free craft shows. Oh, I, I was rubbish at crafting. So I was like, well, I'll watch two. I was pretty terrible as well, but I tried really hard to be good at it. The theme song I remembered as well. It's very loud. <laughs> it is very different to Art Attack and Smart in that way. I think CITV definitely tried to, because obviously they saw the success of Art Attack and Smart. So they thought, right, we need to get on this. So it created fingertips. And it was very much like, we need to make it like fun and young and cool. And it's very in comparison to the other shows where these TV presenters, I feel like were a lot cooler and they tried to be a bit more humorous. It wasn't in the start of Art Attack where it's just one guy who's oh, a little Neil bit Buchanan, older. Absolute legend. So Fingertips was a lot shorter as well. So some of the episodes were only seven minutes long. We watched a longer one just to kind of make sure we got a flavour. I think if you're watching lots of TV shows, this was always, I remember watching quite a few of their short episodes in between other shows and it was always quite a nice little interlude where you've just watched you know this kind of tv show now we're gonna have a seven minute art show and then we're gonna go into another kind of cartoon so i remember actually quite enjoying how that flowed as a child oh they were so obnoxious and it's not their fault it's like the scripts and just the tone of the show but fern cotton she's got like a faux cockney accent in it she does she's like all right yeah now if you do this it's like super cool it's like oh that's amazing oh she's not as over the top as that also i just do want to add i'm a huge fern cotton fan yeah that's why i'm getting daggers at the moment I like have, you leave Fern alone. I have such a crush on Fern because I loved Fern when I was younger when she was presenting Smile and also she presented like a Disney morning mm. program as well and loved her then, wanted to be just like her then. And then when she did Best Friends with Fern or something and it'd be her going out with like Paris Hilton. No, I don't remember that. And Peaches Geldof and she would like go spend time with them and like live their lives for a bit with them. Obviously, I love her program now. I've been watching the interior design show. We've got a cookbook. She does a great sea bass and sweet potato mash with almonds on top recipe fern's been a very consistent figure in your life of someone i've like really like so don't be too mute but she wasn't she wasn't her she wasn't best. great in this do you know what i think it was it was a t-shirt they both wear matching fingertips just... t-shirts with jeans and i might be wrong in saying this so if i am i'm sorry but i don't like tv shows where the presenters are just they obviously don't do it do you know what i mean they, they aren't very good at it you are wrong well steve i'm say... sure he's a magician and stuff so i'm sure he could well do she's it. A, she's she's really arty she's an amazing artist she does all of her own illustrations in her books yeah, but she's not doing illustrations in yeah, this. She's, she's not crafting. In this one. She's not in these ones. But I do feel like, obviously, they chose really well on the presenters they've picked because these presenters yeah, more than... Them now, yeah. I would say the only ones in comparison would be obviously Anton Deck with SMTV Live and Bike Grove. They would probably be the main ones, I would say, who've come out to be so incredible. But Fern and Stephen Mahan, for them, you know, they're still presenting today. Oh, yeah, you can't I would them. say the household names in the UK, I'd say. Yeah, they 100% Yeah, are. I would agree with that. You know, look at Fern's career now with what she's doing in the podcasting and her TV own shows her own festival and obviously Stephen Mulhern's a really big name does he not host the Britain's Got Talent extra show he used to I don't know if he still does he did catchphrase 
Oh, yeah, he did do catchphrases. There's a lot of catchphrase mentions in this episode. I love yeah. that. So, yeah, no, it's really interesting in that sense, seeing how, yeah, the producers got it spot on, didn't they? They really did. Oh, and also I do actually really like seeing how, obviously we've mentioned nepotism earlier on with how it's even related to Pippin. I think it's really nice to see how they've their careers have grown mm. and how, you know what, you've paid your dues. Oh, yeah. You've you've done it. You've, you've literally done got their hands dirty. Holly Willoughby is obviously another one who used to do a lot of kids TV presenting alongside with Fern as well. And I do quite like it being like, you've gone up the ranks. I respect that. I like that. So Fingertips ran for five series, 120 episodes. That's a lot. Oh, my God. They must have definitely been That's wearing thin on the craft uh, ideas. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, they would have been, wouldn't they? And the episode we watched was called The One With The Balloony Boogie. And every what episode is the one with it's maybe like friends, friends i think it is it? Yeah, yeah the one with but again that's them trying to be a little bit cooler the set is horrendous it's a just, it, it offends just hurts my your eyes. eyes yeah it does it's so and considering it's meant to be like a craft show where you're meant to kind of see it and think this is aesthetically pleasing i want to make things based on this show you'd look at that and go oh god they do some really funny jokes well i say funny Hang on, i'm gonna try in... and test that on you Yes. Say toast five times. Toast, 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 toast. What comes out of a toaster? Toast. Oh, wait, no, it's maybe what you put in a toaster. <laughs> <laughs> I even let you have it because I was like, it's bread, but I'll give you a toast. That's how they open the episode. Um, so, yeah, there's lots of those really high quality oh, puns. Just, and it's very slapsticky as well. Like Stephen Mulhern falls down a lot. Oh, he does, doesn't he? And yeah. then Fern just kind of looks at the camera and kind what of... What like, is he like? Yeah, it's is, it is very much... That's their kind of presenter relationship. Yeah, that's their dynamic they're going for. I've got a question for you. Apart from the title of this episode, do you remember any of the crafts they do? And would you even want to do any of them in this episode? No, I don't remember any of them. We watched I, they it were like half an hour ago. So they that's awful, isn't they were it? They're absolutely horrendous. Oh, do I remember any of them? Yeah. Yeah, from the one I just watched, not from when I was little. No, from the one you just watched. Yeah, so are you panicking because you can't remember them? Do you want no, me to list I them out? I can only remember the last one. The balloon one's cool. But... Uh, we would do. So it's the crafts they do. I can't even tell you guys. They're so bad. They're so pointless. Like, But they all were. They were like then all the shows. I remember, because I remember looking back. And when I think of some of the things I made growing up, I'm thinking, well, that's awful. But then actually, after watching that, I now give myself a bit more credit thinking, I think it was probably rubbish on the TV too. They, they did so they one eco-friendly one. The eco-friendly one was all right. There's one thing that aged quite badly where, so the toast joke was oh, them yeah. um, introducing their first craft. And it was, they made a toast, like a cardboard toaster that you can put your DVDs and CDs in. And then you can oh. like do the little toaster when they like pop up. How complicated was it? That's redundant this, these days, isn't it? Also, I mean, what, what, why would you want that? Why? I didn't understand why it's a would, toaster. Why, why? No one's like, do you know what? I love toasters. So I really want my DVD and CD rack to look like a toaster. No, if it was like, oh, I really want my toaster to look like, oh, I don't know, a car. Yeah, that but why? Kids like. What's the association with toasters why, why, yeah. and cars with and- storage? Because I remember being quite upset watching like, you know, Blue Peter and Artstack where they would do these activities and I'd be like, oh yeah, I'm going to do that. And then I'd start thinking, oh yeah, I'm going to really pay attention while they do it. And I'd be like, I'm lost. Oh, it was, com- the toaster was complicated. I can't do that. Really complicated. It had a little lever as well. I mean, in a like engineering standpoint, so you, it's quite interesting. You, ma- you made it from an old um, shoe box, but there were so many elements and they do it so, so quickly because they don't have a lot of time. And it is actually like, what? It was actually really... It's stressful. My God. And I'm like an adult now. I'm like 26. And I was like, wait, what? You've lost me. Gemma, you're getting anxious just speaking about it. I, I if was, people could see your body language if, right if now. If this was like a job interview and they're like, right, you've watched this tv show now you've got to make them all here's a selection of items i don't think i could do it well they've ended a 60 second craft which is a good idea like you know i really like that idea it's I think a good idea after the stress wasn't of the toaster, executed very well after the stress of the toaster i was like oh okay good like a one minute one i think i vaguely remember those um growing up as well because they were just you know and the point was as well you meant you can guess because you don't know what it's going to be so you can guess while you're watching it, what is it going to be so i was thinking oh it's obviously going to be something useful if you're going to guess what it is obviously you're gonna to have to be I mean, able I mean, to guess again <laughs> you'd sort of think it's obviously an item we're aware of that you're doing so it was fern's job to do it and she had to she had i think it was only like four items you need or three items it was just like five i think it was glue scissors some paper a peg and like a um those plastic things that you can use to secure like if you had crisps and you you secured it up 
What? Like a tie. Oh, yeah. Do zip yeah, lock. Like a, I know what you mean. Like a tie to go to make it resealable. Like a no, pl- to like tie it, to tie it up. I, I do oh, know what you mean. We definitely could not. Do, we're making fun of Span and Stephen, but we could definitely not do their jobs. Clearly, I'm like, you know, oh, those no. things. They, they, it just annoyed me. Fern's faux Cockney accent. Apart from that, she was fine, wasn't she? She was. It was a bit of like a slight Lily Allen, like right, guys. And Steve Mahan just shouted at you. <laughs> they, they were both just shouting. It was really... I'm excited to put a clip in because they are both just shouting like, as loud as they can. I think that's obviously what... I don't know. They, you know they're new to presenting world. It's like, right, if you just shout <laughs> it out loud. Loud and clear for all to hear. Then you're doing great, guys. You'll be bowled over when we show you how to make one of these colourful bowls without any painting. Find out what's mystic about Food Fingertips Mystic Muffins. They're tasty and they hold a surprise. And we show you how to have boogie boarding fun without any water. She was making this thing and it was turned out to be a Pegasaurus. So it looked like oh. a dinosaur. Oh my God, I do remember it. But it was had a peg on the end of it. So you could like put peg things into it and you could like peg it on your lampshade. What, a, and what they, a load of rubbish. And they spent, must have spent an hour drawing a little fish for it to eat. There's a little fish put in the Pegasaurus. But who would do that? It looked awful. It looked kind of like a paper aeroplane, but with a peg on the end of it and then with a plastic well, thing on the end of it, just like fascinating. It looked things. like it took a minute to make. Yeah. And it was, but I just sort of think, but why? <laughs> it was like, oh, if you want to make this at home, but why? But why, then, why would but I? After that, my mind goes blank. If I'm being I, honest. I can name all the other ones, don't worry. Well, there loads. So next up. Oh, there was a paper bowl, wasn't there? There was the bowl, yeah. paper mache bowl. So they do a paper mache bowl, which was actually, I do like it was a bit probably of paper the mache. Best. Oh, I don't know, actually. Was it the best? Second best. Second best. Yeah, stuff. second best one. So it was a paper mache bowl and it was just kind of showing them doing that and it was meant to be no painting. So it was, if you're not good at drawing or painting or painting, you know, you don't have a paint set, that's absolutely fine. And the concept of this one as well, you just use things that are lying around. That's so it's scraps well, of paper. As long as you have PVC, you're fine. And that's good as well because obviously the, it's expensive yeah well exactly so i think it means it's a bit more obtainable and also and eco-friendly and it's also more sustainable and she made a point of that it's all about recycling i remember that word was like the key word when we were growing up with blue peter was like recycling recycling so it is kind of a much more kind of sustainable one and she made a bowl and she made like a one that looked like an ocean they had an atomic kitten bowl though which i enjoyed i was like oh and they also had a football one which i did not recognize that Uh, team derby county there's just such a random team to have on there that is really i think it must have been the Premier League at the time maybe but yeah, still that, the was, producer oh, or director whoever was given the job to have to make a mock-up obviously yeah. really liked them Derby County yes please and then the next one they did is Matt's first nightmare maybe you don't remember it because he blocked it out yeah so I've had a choking phobia that I have uh, had therapy to try and fix and stuff and I'm working on it and it's a journey but apparently I block out kids TV shows when something challenges it so I honestly don't remember this it goes into like a weird interlude is that the right word it goes and tries to do like yeah. a weird interlude where Fern is all of a sudden dressed up as like a weird like Mystic Meg thing and she Stephen comes in and she tries to like tell his fortune and it's all like oh yeah, it's, all in, it's all in the muffins the message will be in the muffins and the whole point is it's just normal muffins so it's just a standard muffin recipe but you write a message in tin foil and then you wrap it up and then you put it in the muffin no you write the message on paper and you put that in the tin foil to stop people from choking on it but my point is what why You'd have to tell someone before they had it. And it, there was a funny moment, actually, I do remember this now, but Stephen Mulhern opened his and it says, you're going to be rich and famous. Yeah, we enjoyed Job that. Done. We were like, oh. Go on, Steve. Also then Fern badly ices a question mark on the top of the mall. <laughs> yeah. But again, why? I just have to question. A lot of these I'm just like, but why? But that's also when people put wedding rings or engagement rings in food. I always think, but what if they choke? Because obviously you're not going to tell them, are you? So how do they know not to eat it? And it's the same with these little things that you're just going to start eating, aren't you? Yeah, but that's just you, that one. But with that one, I was just a bit like, but why wouldn't you just make muffins? If you're going to do it, why aren't you doing that? There's a funny little bit where Fern's saying the ingredients and it's like, flour, butter, milk. Go on, Fern. She is just shouting it at you. I don't understand. It's like they're doing like, you know, like those really long paid for adverts in America when it's like 20 minutes of just talking about. And if you want to get this, all you need to do is this. It was very much like that. Just being shouted at. Yeah, it's quite an aggressive. We're going to make cupcakes. No, we're going to do this. This is what you need. Egg, sugar, butter, 
milk, self-raising flour, and chocolate drops. And we'll give you these amounts as we go along. And then finally, the, the last thing they did. Which is which stupid, both but towards the end, we went, you know what? It does seem fun. They should have opened with it. No, it's a good closer though, because you're like, oh, I want to know what the balloony boogie is. Do you want to explain what the balloony boogie is? Yeah, so it's a Can bit, you? it's a bit cringe because basically it's a surfboard on top of balloons, and then because obviously the weight of you and the balloons, you like wobble. But it is actually amazing because the surfboard bit's really cringy. Like they, you know, like oh, paint it cool colours. And it's like, okay, whatever. And it's all about like, oh, you've got to do the, you know, boogie and oh, there's a shark. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, that's how and it that's ends. that's how it ends. Oh, yeah. God, yeah, that is how it ends. The shark gets Stephen Mulhern. Well, fun jokes being like, watch out for the shark. And then he's like, oh, don't be silly. And then he like freaks out because there's a shark. No. But he's clearly on the floor. The way that the surfboard, like, so basically it rests on four different balloons and because the weight is spread equally amongst the balloons, none of them pop. So you are literally, it's like jelly. That, that part's amazing. Well, I, because again, with all of these, you ask why. And I think because when I saw this one, I thought, I have a reason to do that. So, I mean, we're talking, I like to plan ahead. But um, we have um, friends over for New Year's Eve. We don't have a big enough flat to do that. It's just dangerous. Oh, we can give it a go. We have um, friends over for New Year's Eve. Last year, we did like a big fat quiz of the year and then went up to watch the fireworks. And this year, I was like, I kind of want to do the cube, but obviously it's not going to be like the game show, the cube. It's going to be like a rubbish naff version. But I like rubbish enough things. Hence why I'm doing this podcast. Yeah, it's because I like rubbish enough shows to watch. <laughs> yeah. I think that'd be brilliant for that. So is that your Matt and Gemma fact of the week? That what? people don't know about is that we're going to do a... We're doing a cube. If, and a also, cube themed If New you Z have party. any ideas of what we can do as like a rubbish naff, easy DIY cube game, email us. When was Fingertips on? This strikes me as a TV show that's on at like 3.30 when you just get home from school. Like I said, I had never watched it before. And again, I want to thank Simran for recommending this because I would not have seen Stephen Mulhern doing slapsticky jokes and I quite enjoyed them. Oh, he does slapstick jokes all the time now still. Yeah, but he doesn't fall on the floor and gets eaten by sharks. Oh, I bet he definitely did and Britain's Got Talent. Britain's Got More Talent. Oh, he maybe. definitely did. But I've completely forgot about that show and um, I used to watch it quite a lot, so... Thanks for reminding me. Well, it's almost reminded me of doing, we definitely need to do Art Attack and Smart. Should we do 100%. like a verse off, like a... Oh, I don't know, because like, you shouldn't compare them. They were both good in their own right, and I don't they like comparing were, they things. They were good in their own right. Did you ever make things from these sort of TV shows? Because I definitely did. The only thing I ever remember always wanting to make was milkshakes. But did you actually make the milkshakes? Yeah, I did. I used to like, and my mum and dad must have got really annoyed with me because I make loads of mess. And I used to put loads of scoops of ice cream in because I was like, no, I need to do a proper milkshake. So I'd buy like, you know, get the ice. Well, I wouldn't buy it. I'd get mum and dad to buy me some ice cream and then I'd make it. And my favourite was dime. Dime milkshake was amazing. Dear. And that's that, that's the only thing. That's not I really. Mean, cra- that's, and also, that's but not, I'm not like a making crafty it. person. I, I've never really crafted anything. Like I've only started doing DIY since really getting in the flat. Ah, oh, why? Well, I'll tell. I made a lot of good things or terrible things in my childhood. So I definitely made a lot of cards. Always liked making cards for people. Also, I used to spend a fortune on hobby craft. It's quite expensive. Oh, see, that's another thing. Hobby craft is my most hated shop <gasps> ever. Oh, I loved it. I hated it. Oh, I remember going to really good it, birthday parties there. Oh, it was next. To Haskins, Haskins where I used, I used to work, to work yeah. all the time, and I used to hate Hobbycraft so much. Oh, I used to love going to Hobbycraft. I remember I was a little bit older when the range opened as well near us in Pool, and I'm thinking, oh, those would have been so good when I was younger because it's so much cheaper. It's got great branding now, hasn't it? Hobbycraft. I remember making a really rubbish one for my dad one year, which was a pencil holder that looked like a duck from <laughs> a toilet roll. <laughs> <laughs> oh god did he have, did he pretend to use it i don't for a think while? he did i don't think he did i think i got quite upset once i think i found it in a cupboard and i was like oh i made that but thanks one thing i made i remember thinking was really good i remember bugging my dad being like what is your favorite animal because obviously it was like i'm gonna make him something and i'm gonna put his favorite animal on it my dad definitely does not have a favorite animal what did he say what did he give you guess what my dad's favorite animal is according to him 15 20 years ago an otter no a polar bear a polar bear so he's like my favourite animal. So did you make him a polar bear thing? So I made him 
God, I remember thinking it was absolutely huge, but I bet it was probably an A4 piece of paper. But I'm from, in my head, it was massive. I made a huge picture of a polar bear and I rolled up loads of little bits of tissue paper and stuck it down with PVC glue oh, to make in the shape of, of a polar bear and then did like the eyes, but kind of colored in the tissue with like black tip felt tip and did that for the eyes and the nose. I remember something I crafted. I've remembered something. Go on. In woodwork, I made... Oh, that doesn't count. You're forced to do it, but go on. No, but <laughs> I made a box that I used to put stuff in. I also made a box. And my... Oh, God, I remember what it had on the box. Oh, it God. just had a... Um, I think had, I've seen this. It had dollar signs on it. Oh, God, that is so cringe. <laughs> yeah. I hated my box. I remember making that as well and hated mine. So I definitely remember making those after seeing them on, like, Smart and Art Attack. I used to also copy them a lot from magazines. I also... A Switch at school when I was really younger we had to make a swing out of wood and I'm being really stressed about the colours I chose yellow and green in the end but I remember being really anxious about it and then you had to put a little photo of yourself on the swing and you had to write a fact about yourself and I can't remember what I wrote but I think it is something like my name is Gemma and I like fish and chips and my dad had that in his office oh. so I remember making that and then lastly I did also make a bird box at a youth club and uh, it's the one in my garden you know the one I always tell you I made yes I think the only things that ever has used it are hornets Oh no, that's so sad. <laughs> I remember my dad saying, oh wow, we've got a hornet's nest in like your own bird box. And I was like, oh my God, there's a nest in there. And then I realised that hornets aren't a bird. Oh <laughs> and I was like, oh. Are you basically, is this your pitch to the producers when they revamp Fingertips in 2020? Is this your pitch to be the presenter? I'd be awful. Look That's, how crafty I because am. Because Stephen Marhead and Fan Cotton, they must have had to do that in their interviews. And like, obviously, because he's a magician and she is very um, kind of artsy. I think she went to art school and she's very good at painting. So they obviously were chosen for those reasons. I do just sort of think, when I was watching that, I just sort of think, you have to be pretty multi-talented to do that it's not just presenting because i couldn't have done that now and especially when you know you've got to do it under a minute you've got to do it like on tv in front of a crew if you tell me to draw a line in a straight a straight line i probably would mess it up so i think fingertips has, has got a thumbs up from us it was garish and they shouted at you but i did like the balloony boogie the balloony boogie saved it i did like seeing Stephen Mulhern and fern cotton so that's just about it for this week's remember this I want to thank you so much for listening to us ramble on about strange TV shows from the noughties, 80s, 90s, every decade, to be honest. I've been Matt Bentley-Viney. I've been Gemma Bentley-Viney. Meg has been Meg Bentley-Viney. We wish you a good day, week, year, month, whatever it is. No, just week, because we're seeing them next week. Oh, we'll yes. wish you a oh, good yes. week every week. We wish you a good week every week. Oh, that's quite cute. Yeah, and just put this on your vision board. Fern Cotton and Stephen Mulhern as guests. What, to, remember to this. review their time on Going through their back... They've released an autobiography and a memoir. They're going to talk about their kids' TV show days. They come and remember well, this to talk yeah, about it. They're not going to do a joint uh, memoir, are they? So it's not going to be the fingertip years. They've lifted loads of kids' TV shows where they came from. Yeah, but they won't do a joint one. Why would they no, go they, on a joint tour? They're not doing a joint one. They do separate ones, separate guests on our oh, podcast. Oh, sorry. I thought you meant coming on as a duo. I mean, no. I mean, they could if they wanted. I'm not going to say no to them. That's what I was saying. That'd be so random. But yeah, but okay. Put I'm, that on I'm your vision you. board, guys. Yep. yep. Picture it happening. Me and Fern are both wearing leopard print. We get me, on really well. Me and Stephen can make some bad jokes. Yeah, that'll, that'll definitely happen. <laughs> Put that out there in the universe. The secret. But you can subscribe, rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts and everywhere else uh, you may consume them. Spotify, all of those. Do you think that now people who are like, read the secret and are all like into that stuff, when they see like someone really attractive, they're like, oh yeah, put that on my vision board. And that's what you like say to your mate when you think someone's hot. You're like, oh yeah, put that, put that on my vision board. How creepy would it would it be if you found a Pinterest board and it was just pictures of you and it? I think ah, oh, I should don't know if I would. I, <laughs> yeah. I'd hope it's private. We love doing this podcast. We love watching you. these TV shows. We, we love Pippin. We, we love we Meg. Love Pippin and Meg, and we love you guys for listening. So please send in your recommendations of what we should watch and talk about next. And you'll hear from us next Monday, 6am. Goodbye. Bye.